Welcome to the podcast. Here we seek first to understand a wide range of topics in culture, politics, and society, and then to draw conclusions. It doesn't matter what you think, just that you think deeply and be open to all perspectives. I'm not here to convince you to take a position on anything. I just want your position, opinions, and engagements to be formed on sound critical thinking and analysis. Because if you don't learn to think for yourself, others will think for you. And almost certainly, they won't have your best interests at heart. Intellectual freedom is the right to hold, receive, and disseminate ideas without restriction. It is an integral component of a democratic society. This is under attack in our modern culture. Intellectual freedom ironically seems even harder to achieve in the age of technology. Our superficial, lightning-paced lifestyle doesn't lend itself well to thinking critically. This hurts our intellectual freedom. If we're brutally honest, we don't have a self-governing or well-informed citizenry. Intellectual freedom suffers when the citizens don't think independently and critically. We're in trouble right now from the intellectual fog of name-calling, blaming, shaming, bullying, moralistic demagoguery. However, just as things sometimes decay and die, there is also the potential for rebirth and growth. We can get past the oppressive weight of the decline. This podcast will hopefully provide a new and different way to look at things on modern topics without the hyperbole, the yelling, the screaming, the name-calling. We do take on tough and emotional topics, but we do this in a way that's empathetic, open-minded, and non-binary. I'm Dr. David Hopkins, Professor of Humanities, your guide. My goal is to apply critical thinking, logic, reasoning, and analysis of philosophy and history to add context and understanding to our crazy modern world in which we live. But enough with the formalities. Let's get started. This episode fascinates me. The Twitter example I'm going to use is so common in our world today. You know, if as a society we don't recognize the severity of social media phenomena and this idea of ad hominem attacks, which is actually the fallacy and reasoning we're going to discuss today, we will almost certainly never improve the level of discourse in this country. So Tom Arnold, by no means an A-list actor or some high-level media influencer but he is a hollywood actor he's been around a while and not to attack mr arnold but his lack of reasoned intellect in a in a recent twitter post bears notice and and it sits at the crux of our discussion today in analyzing fallacies in reasoning see if we can learn to quickly identify them when we see them we can discard them as blustering hyperbole and a lack of concrete reason, at least most of the time. And so let's just jump into it right away. Mr. Arnold, in a tweet on June 6th, said this, quote, 
Second Amendment is for everyone, including black men with long guns. But it's fucking time for us white liberal men to stand up for our brothers and sisters, borrow our dad's hunting rifles, and go nose to nose with Trump's gang of misfit tools. End quote. And I apologize for the language, but I wanted to put it out there exactly the way that it was written. You know, in, in our world today, actually, to give Mr. Arnold credit, calling someone a quote-unquote misfit tool is a fairly benign name, considering without hesitation what people are calling each other today, racist, sexist, misogynist, Nazis, fascists, and whatever is can be applied by the angry, logically void rantings. But before we dive too deeply into Mr. Arnold's tweet, let's just academically lay out this fallacy and reasoning that he is guilty of. We do this to highlight his lack of, not just to highlight his lack of critical thinking, but also to use it as a tool so that we don't make the same mistakes. Have you ever attacked a person versus the problem before? Oh, so if you say, oh no, not me. I would never do such a thing. Well, then maybe I guess I'm just the only one here today who has. But if we're honest, it's really hard to not fall into this trap. We, we all do it and we have done it in the past. But we can't really fix it unless we fully understand and appreciate the depth and significance of doing this. So... Typically, the ad hominem fallacy refers, it's, it's a rhetorical strategy where the speaker attacks the character, the motive, or some other attribute of the person making the argument rather than attacking the substance of the argument itself. So this tactic avoids genuine debate by creating some sort of a diversion in the conversation to some irrelevant but often very highly charged issue. Usually in the end, when you break down these ad hominem attacks, when someone uses this as a tactic, they either one, have an incredibly weak argument and they simply attempt to distract from this fact or sometimes... They're just too emotional or angry to form coherent discussions. I mean, let's face it, when all of us are angry and upset, we tend not to think very rationally. We tend to just say stuff that we wish we wouldn't say. Or three, sometimes when this fallacy is used, they don't even really wish to, to gain a win-win solution. But rather what they really want to do is create further dissension for whatever reason. When you hear that, there really is not a reason to continue in a debate. Because if the goal is to create further discord, then there's not really a point in the argument at all. So let me repeat that tweet one more time. Quote, Second Amendment is for everyone, including black men, with long guns, but it's fucking time for us white liberal men to stand up for our brothers and sisters, borrow our dad's hunting rifles, 
and go nose to nose with Trump's gang of misfit tools. End quote. So in essence, I wanted to repeat that so we're fresh on exactly what that tweet was. And by the way, if you go to Tom Arnold's timeline on the 9th, you, you're going to be able to see it, 9th of June. Uh, so in essence, if we do attempt to follow this logic, which isn't easy to do, if we break it down, it comes to this. Trump supporters are racist, so white liberal males need to stand up to them in support of social justice. And the way we're going to stand up to them is we're going to grab our guns and we're going to get in their faces. And for what reason will we do this? Because they're misfit tools. Notice, there's literally nothing mentioned whatsoever about the issue of social justice. Just the quote-unquote other side are racist misfit tools. So let's solve this by getting in their face. There's nothing intellectual, there's nothing redeeming in this conversation whatsoever. It's empty threats. It's like the empty calories eating a donut. There's no redeeming nutritional value in that donut. Uh, There's no redeeming value in this type of a dialogue. There's not an attempt to open up a conversation to address an issue specifically, uh, let alone trying to reach a consensus or a common ground. It's more of a, they're a bunch of racist idiots, so we need to get our guns and we need to get in their faces. There's lots of ugly hot air in this one, which is just perfect example of an ad hominem attack. On so many levels, Mr. Arnold's tweet shows the problem with Twitter and politics in general. So let's get into this deeper. First of all, just the platform itself. Expressing any level of analysis in 280 characters or less is ludicrous. So obviously what you're going to get if you do go to that medium, you're going to get short, hot, antagonistic dialogue. It's very hard to be reasonable. It's very hard to be rational. It's very hard to explain any level of complex analysis in such a short form format. So when you see it, you really need to know going in that you can't let yourself get upset and flustered and rage on this because it's not a platform set up for that. But in scrolling through responses to Mr. Arnold on Twitter, if I had to kind of summarize them in real simple terms, the camp broke down as it always does between an us versus them with the us saying things as right on Tom, Let's get the guns, take care of these morons, and various name-calling of Trump supporters. And then the them responding to him, you're nothing but a Roseanne Barr hanger-on, idiot, liberal fool, so shut your mouth and be quiet or we will get our guns, and our guns are bigger than your guns. That was basically the the differing opinions to this uh, tweet that... Tom Arnold put out there. It's a long way from a meaningful dialogue and the and the time spent scrolling with no potential or redeeming resolution and I couldn't get that time back and you can't get your time back if you go and review it. Uh, 
you're basically left with anger, frustration, and basically hate, not to mention a loss of any quality time you had. So the Twitter public square is not one to go for real, rational discussion. It just isn't feasible. You know, at at various times in this podcast, I'll talk social media and the various platforms. Let me talk a little bit about Twitter. So the bulk of users, if you and anyone can review who is using Twitter right now. But here's the majority. They're female, they're educated, and they're Democrat. About only 20 to 23% of the U.S. population use Twitter. But more stunningly... 10% of the users create almost 80% of the tweets. So in general, when we're on this particular platform and we're analyzing any type of a discussion or dialogue, there is a very highly active, highly engaged core that dominate the platform. And they tend to be incredibly loud and an incredibly small minority of the American population. Coupled with this, and what helps throw fuel on the fire to this, is Twitter is a primary tool of the current news mainstream media. So the New York, LA media complexes, they love Twitter. And they use it a lot. And they share on it a lot. They tweet on it. They write articles and produce broadcast segments on tweets, and they read stuff on it, especially Donald Trump. Uh, And so Twitter gets amplified in the news media almost like no other social media platform. It's just really easy for the mainstream media to write stories, create blogs, do news broadcasts about something that's blowing up on Twitter. And, you know, actually, as as we look at it, I'm doing a podcast on a very specific Twitter post. So what you get is ideal for media because media doesn't want to tell the middle ground story. They want to tell the hyperbole story, the high drama on the left, the high drama on the right. They want lots of emotion because that's what people are buying and consuming in the media. So thus to think that when quote unquote Twitter blows up, that it is representative of the nation would be a gross overgeneralization. But this also shows us many of the problems of social media in creating that us versus them mentality as we can see with Mr. Arnold's tweet and the responses. But this type of tweet happens every single day, multiple times over and over. And Twitter is constantly amplifying extreme viewpoints and these ad hominem attacks across all media. Its own demographics prove this. So this ties to our next topic. It isn't just Twitter, it's the entire web that is guilty of creating this us versus them mentality in society. And at this point, I have to recommend to you a TED Talk by Eli Parisner called The Filter Bubble. And I want to talk about this filter bubble because almost certainly you're trapped in it. Many of you probably have a understanding you might be trapped in it, but others may 
be completely oblivious to what goes on basically the story goes like this we're living in a surveillance society your phone everything you do all day is being captured every search you make is being captured every facebook every amazon purchase everywhere you go every click data is being accumulated about you you know it's not it stands to reason and we can understand why big tech likes to quote unquote give us stuff for free they're not really giving us stuff for free you are their product your data is their product they take what you do what you watch what you say and they accumulate that and they sell that to advertisers they're selling you they're not selling their platform and if we understand this we can understand how easily we can get trapped in this filter bubble because imagine if you are an extreme trump supporter you go to websites that that give positive news reports on trump you listen to podcasts that are pro-trump you buy products that are pro-trump you everything you do your facebook friends the articles you click on are pro-trump guess what all of these big tech companies know to do feed this person positive trump news feed them feed them feed them feed them then in your facebook your social media you post something your friends tend to be pro-trump and they say you're so smart that's great that's wonderful i love it i love it oh you got it so smart and you just are fed this line over and over from your from your tribe inside this filter bubble that your opinion is exactly correct and then facebook's feeding you news articles that meet that and you go to google and they feed you first all the pro-trump stuff and all of a sudden in the end an article somehow randomly filters through or someone posts something boy you're really wrong about trump on this one because and what do you do you fly off the handle you fly off the handle because you're trapped in this bubble that creates this insulated world where exactly everything is exactly the way you think and you're never challenged externally by any outside viewpoint and so when you're confronted with it you can't deal with it and then you lash out with an ad hominem attack at somebody and it's that us versus them mentality gets reinforced over and over and over again do you see how perversely dangerous that can become and oh by the way i use the pro-trump supporter those of you out there that may not like Donald Trump, the exact same rules apply to you and the exact same filter bubble applies to you. It's just the other side of the coin. So let's not let any of us think that, oh yeah, you're talking about the other side. No, I'm talking about everybody because it shouldn't be an us versus them mentality. We have to understand fully the technologies that we're dealing with that create this mindset. If all we ever see, ever hear, or ever have our online friends say to us is agreement, 
then we lose the ability to appreciate any opposing view which causes us to lose our ability to think critically. See, in that us versus them world, once that gets too perverse, the other side is completely dehumanized. To the point, as Mr. Arnold suggested in that tweet, grab your gun, get in the face of that ridiculous Trump supporter. He's dehumanized them. They are all the same is one of the cruelest gallows humankind has ever built. Lamine Pearlhart said that in her book to the to life from the shadows. You know, this development of technology and social media threatens to make people more distracted, impersonal interactions and potentially too attached to their devices. You know, this average iPhone user unlocks their device 80 times a day. That's five times a day each waking hour. Do you realize the total time on social media per person is two to five hours a day? Two to five hours a day looking at potentially seeing these ad hominem attacks, this us versus them, this name calling. No wonder people have anxiety, they're depressed, they're stressed about everything. And no wonder people are afraid to even talk about politics in an open-minded way anymore because what we're seeing online, because we're so constantly attached to our technology is this horrific dialogues going on. What Mr. Arnold demonstrates is not an attempt to articulate a frustration with the position, but rather he simply name calls and dehumanizes Trump supporters and appears literally to be advocating in the minimum threatening violence and if necessary to use violence. How many of us have been convinced to change any position on anything by name-calling and threats of violence? If, if anything in general, a tweet by Mr. Arnold's never going to work. He's never going to win any converts to get people to pick up the cause of social justice or to get rid of Donald Trump. Instead, what he's going to do by posting things like he posted them, he's going to achieve the exact opposite thing. It's going to make the other side dig their heels in deeper and get more into their entrenched views and even accentuate that us versus them mentality. You know, technology and social media, they're just fertile grounds for personal attacks that dehumanize. And in this environment of dehumanization, we end up with a very binary outcome. I'm with these people. They understand the truth. Those people over there, they're ignorant. They're dumb. They're racist. They're sexist. They're misogynist or whatever is you want to have. Why are those people so blind to the truth? Have you ever said that? Have you ever accused the other side on some issue, especially politics, of being dumb, of ignorant, of un-American, of un-whatever? If you have, you've fallen into the trap. When you think about it, though, 
the blindness that people like to put on those people actually speaks even more volumes about yourself. It isn't easy to listen to opposing political views. I get it. I have my own political stance. You have yours. But we're getting worse and worse at basic conversations without yelling or shutting down. And this is leading to something even more scary. Neither side will even talk to the other side. But you know, people have talked about disagreements and they've been able to argue without yelling and name calling for centuries. And we can do it again. It isn't impossible. Ironically, Socrates' very famous quote has incredible relevancy today when he says, those who think they know, don't. Those who know they don't, know. So let's break that down. Those who think they know, don't. Those people, individuals out there who think they know absolutely everything, they got it all figured out perfectly, that the other side is the one that is completely blind, ignorant, and stupid. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. The second part of that quote, those who know they don't know. Those people who can have an opinion, but also have the humility, the empathy, to understand it's okay to have a different opinion on something. It's okay that I that you don't have all the right answers and it's okay to even say you don't have all the right answers Socrates says those are the people that have wisdom that have intellect because at the end of the day none of us have the perfect answer but those know-it-alls who always have it figured out perfectly and you know them when you see them what I've started to do when I run into those kind of people I just kind of smile and I leave it alone. I let them talk and talk and talk until they talk themselves out. Because if you don't give them heat, if you don't give them what they want, which is argument, you can actually kind of shut that stuff down. You know, we've, we've picked on Mr. Arnold, but he's just one example. So what do we do to reach common ground? How, how do we transcend all this drama that's swirling, all this drama from that family member, that relative on your Facebook feed and you and you have them on Twitter or maybe it's sitting at the Thanksgiving dinner table or Christmas when you go, you know you got to face so and so. How do you, how do we how do we get beyond that? Uh, number one, just in general, understand these limitations of social media. We talked about Twitter and the scope and the size and who's on Twitter and what percent of the people who actually post on Twitter. It's a tiny, tiny minority. It's impossible to do anything but vent emotion or share the most basic of thoughts on a platform like that. You know, if fire is starved of oxygen, it dies. When we pump oxygen on a fire it grows so don't add to the fire stop using inflammatory language on your own don't respond don't like those comments one of the most powerful weapons when engaging fire and emotion 
is to show the exact opposite. Show calm, peace, or at least indifference to the heat and emotion and name calling. And it's amazing how suddenly the tone and tenor changes. Twitter lives, it makes money on heat. It needs gross, ugly back and forth. You know, sometimes on Twitter, it's just innocuous. It's it's smack talk about football games. It's just, you know, light lightweight banner to to back and forth to burn time. It's talking about stock picks or ga- sports gambling. I, whatever. That that's not what I'm talking about. But when it delves into the realm of politics or religion or geez, even now COVID-19 sometimes, it can get really scary and it can get really ugly. The easiest thing is just to not look at it and not and not engage it. But if you do engage it in a way that you can do it without any emotion, catch yourself when you use words like they or those people in your argument or especially for certain name calling. There are racists. There are Nazis in our society. But just because somebody doesn't believe and do exactly like you want them to does not make them a racist, nor does it make them a Nazi or any other name you want to throw out there. Catch yourself when you're using those ad hominem attacks. And when you hear others use those type of attacks, do your utmost to either correct them, not in a loud, obnoxious way, but in an empathetic way, saying, hey, you know, let's calm that language down. Find ways, and you need to know in what situation and who you're talking to or who you're conversing with, how to do it. But take the emotion out as you go through. I can tell you one thing is certain. Both the Democrats and the Republicans love When the people are at each other's throats in fights of us versus them. That game of of unending ad hominem attacks. Because in that world, they don't have to actually explain, justify, provide logic on their decisions. They don't have to provide substantive solutions to any problem. They don't have to negotiate for the better of all Americans. Because what they can just fall back on is just rote, hardcore, personal attacks against their political opponent and against the voters of the other side. They can scare the voters of the other side. They can um, make them hate the voters of the other side. And then they skate free while the population is at each other's throats. That is exactly where these politicians want us to be all the time so we cannot let them continue to do this we know that it works we know that we're failing at this as a society because turn on your tv already and every single ad by either joe biden or donald trump is attacking or scaring the other side nobody's given policy nobody's given ways to solve things they are attack 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 every once in a while they'll 
they'll sprinkle in the fluffy little, oh, I'm all about bringing us together. And then two, 30 seconds later, the next ad is Trump's an idiot, Biden's an idiot, and they're attacking each other again. They do that very specifically because they know when they do it, it works because we've been trapped in this mentality it's a mentality that we've allowed ourselves to fall into so we need to be cognizant we need to pay attention to what's going on around us you know things they go viral all the time from just simple things that content creators think are nothing but fun little distractions but what if this what if things started going viral were tweets and responses against loudmouth demagogues, against loudmouth partisan politicians, against loudmouth people who got the right answer on everything? What if political hyperbole, name-calling, stereotyping was met with silence or outrage against against that person we see cancel culture when somebody says something and then the whole world jumps on board to say boycott cancel get rid of what if we started doing that to politicians to loudmouth hollywood stars to whomever is just spouting off at the mouth and and rather when they post those tweets they don't get the zombie herd of people saying, that's great, that's awesome, that's wonderful. But what if they got a tax saying, could you please stop the name calling? Could you please stop the, the feigned violence? Could you stop trying to divide everybody apart? And if those people who would post like that would get blasted by hundreds or thousands of people telling them to stop acting like children but to act like adults... That would be such an amazing thing. I've often dreamed of opening up account and grading the tweet based on their critical thinking skills or or like the fact checkers. Uh, but, you know, fact checkers often need fact checkers because the fact checkers are set up by the biased organizations that they're trying to protect or promote. It's just a mess, but that's a whole nother story. You know, content is accepted online because we accept that garbage. If we didn't accept it, the demagogues would be rejected and the thinkers would be accepted. But we're a long way from this. But what a beautiful world it would be if we could get enough people to fully appreciate that and stop this insane, angry madness that's making everybody upset. They're worried. They're full of stress. They're angry. This is so unhealthy for our country in general. And it's very unhealthy when we have an us versus them mentality because the only people who win that battle are the politicians are the ones on the extremes and that's not who we want to win this so in our own lives in our own way with our own people that we can influence we can reject the extremism and we can start a paradigm shift of huge positive proportions thank you so much for listening i hope you found value for the time you invested with me today for discussion on this topic and many others i invite you to join our private forums i personally will be over there and engaging with everyone 
and it's just a community of like-minded thinkers just like yourself. If you're not a member yet and looking for a community online that is very different, go to www.daviddhopkins.com. That's www.daviddhopkins.com. Follow the links and you can join us. You know, the best way to expand intellectually is to engage in a real dialogue in a way that fosters growth, understanding, and rigorous discussion without all the name-calling, demagoguery, and flame-throwing silliness of social media and the rest of society. This is what the private forum provides. I would love to see you join. Until the next episode, all my very best to you and your family.